And it is a directional mic, so he will point it at you while you're talking. Just try and aim your voice into it. I don't get it. I don't get it. We're here on day two of the Expanse Festival, and today we got to talk to the creative team behind Native Girl Syndrome, um, as well as Kate Stashko of the Good Women Dance Collective, who has also just premiered her solo work, the Matryoshka series. So let's get to it. All right, hello everyone. Um, welcome to the I Don't Get It tent. Uh, we have a very special crew in here with us at the moment. Um, it is the creative team behind Native Girl Syndrome. So if I could ask um, each of you to just uh, introduce yourself and say hello. Lara Kramer, hello. Angie Chang, hello. Hello, Karina Iraola. I'm glad she said that one because I couldn't have gotten the accent right. <laughs> so welcome to Edmonton. You're all from Montreal. Um, maybe if we could start out a little bit um, by just telling us sort of what um, what is Native Girl Syndrome about? What is the, the premise of, of the work? So I'll jump in here. Um, so the work uh, was initially a research process of looking into it's the cultural effects of my grandmother having migrated from a remote community in northern Ontario uh, to uh, an urban setting in, in Winnipeg. Um, yeah, so I kind of took on this project because I wanted to really look at, um, I guess, her, her history and kind of seek that out. And then I think in, in doing that, I mean, I, there was a lot of unanswered questions in terms of my own family history because um, I actually met her one time. And so her, that time my family's um, very fragmented and, and um, anyhow, we, um, I started to really question some of, uh, I guess, the long-term effects of uh, cultural genocide in Canada, like having gone back to community and looks at the effects of residential school and not even I'm not talking one generation but multiple generations of that and then also on a level of um, just even what's happened in the north with with reserve life and um, like the welfare system coming anyway it's quite dense um, but ultimately I wanted to just really uh, I guess dive into a little bit of the reality of um, her existence um, uh, later in life when she she wound up in the city and just you know had her own struggle with with addiction and um, involvement with prostitution and losing children to the system and you know the not just the choices in that but the um, the reason behind it and yeah that's native girl syndrome is mm -hmm. just the reality of, of um, I always say, like, the aftermath, it's not even aftermath, we still think it's current, but it's uh, mm -hmm. cultural genocide. Mm -hmm. But aftermath for her, of, like, I, I, I think her reality of street life is really just a, um, a reflection of what she's gone through and, or went through in, in her history. How, do you, how would you describe what you really see on stage during the piece? Well, I think at uh, one point in the work, I, I really decided to take a more, um, I guess I'll use the word realism, uh, approach 
to in, in embodying the body and, and the theatrics. Um, I had an earlier development of the work, which was a little more, I guess, what we would understand as dance forms, abstract dance forms. And I felt there was a level of feeling a little bit, um, not just a distance, but like a little bit of like a disassociation from like when I watched the earlier uh, research, which was like abstract in the body, mm-hmm. it created this kind of a coded layer of um, still being able to kind of like digest it easily. I don't, I don't know. I'm spinning circles here. Sure. So like, it was more. It was more. It wasn't as as challenging. It wasn't as real. It didn't sort I of think convey it's still as much people but mm-hmm. I think in terms of this is what we walk into usually to understand what dance is and I can remember showing it the first time at the Talking Fits, uh, Sticks Festival and for sure there were people like strong reactions but I think for me as uh, uh, the director choreographer it didn't push me far, far enough in my own um, just I think visual satisfaction you know it's like I, I kept making this refer of like well you know, in documentary filmmaking, we see, we, we get, we, we don't beat around the bush. There's like these direct uh, visuals that are, are you know, raw and, and uh, in your face. And why is, all, why is the performing art, while well, I'm think, talking more from dance, is a little bit like in this, you know, uh, coded kind of pleasing the eye. And I think, you know, we, it is working well, going back to this shift in my work is I, I decided, I was like, you know, I, I need to push more the, the realism. And so instead of looking more at the, the physical uh, body, I, I, I had the dancers invest more in the state of body to, to express the, the physical form. Right. I noticed in the, in the program you refer to the dancers as interpreters rather than performers. Yeah. Um, how, did, how did you guys find, I guess, as, as the performers of this piece, um, maybe what were your, your first impressions of, of, of the, the work and how do you find sort of exploring it in that, that very sort of uh, real way that she's talking about? Um, my, my initial initiation into the project was really quick because I was replacing the original performer, Patricia. Um, so I dived right in and, and, uh, had to look and research right into addiction and look at the, the physical... Uh, what do you call it? Traits, Traits and, and, and like effects and mannerisms and things like that and see how I could embody that. Plus with the help of um, Lara's guided visualizations and like going deep into the, like, the cellular level, you know, sure. of addiction. Because addiction is not just like a deep inside, right? The roots. So we went there. It's pretty upsetting. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I, I can imagine. Uh, we, we saw the piece last year when it was here at the, as part of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. And one thing I think that really stood out to both of us was just how much uh, the piece really forces you to, to sort of sit in these moments and really experience this character sort of going through some very difficult things, but just really sit in those moments and, and, and let them really reach their full impact instead of showing them and then moving away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for like as an as an audience member, first time round, it sort of 
I felt like I was bearing witness to something, um, something important and and challenging and painful, and it still sticks with me. A lot of the um, the images. I know that there's one part. Um, I think I. It's got to be sometime after the cart tips over, and you're kind of like going like absolutely crazy, like a lot of falling and things like that. But there's still some. There's still some dancer control in that, right? So where do you find that line between like the choreography um, and you know where the movement mark is supposed to be, but also just really being able to be that character? I don't. Um, I don't see the piece of Lara uh, as a choreography in the conventional uh, um, word. Uh, I think it's more performance because we have actions to do and uh, we work about um, body on, under the influence of we, we come as, mm -hmm. as, uh, as you say uh, Angie and uh, we don't do steps we don't have uh, uh, movements we have actions we are in the present yeah. and, 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 and that's why it's, it's a question of uh, I think I, I, I saw the piece of la more like a performance I, I, the, mm -hmm. I, I mean, in the definition of art performance, like we have so many action, uh, action with our uh, accessoires, uh, um, material. Um, mm -hmm. We're living. We're living. We're living, mm -hmm. and, and, and we have uh, each uh, trajectoire. You say that uh, um, trajection. Trajection. Yeah. yeah. Trajectory. And that's yeah. why it's. Dif I think it's quite different. Like, like it's written, but it's not like I'll never each say put your hand here no. or or move no. across the stage um, with this. It, 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 like in that moment when Angie's thrashing her body, like it's really I mean it's coming from inside of her uh, physical state, you know. So mm -hmm. it's, yeah, I think it's a different. Um, so there's a script, but there's always sort of a performer interpretation, yeah. different different but from time to time. Yeah. yeah, like the timing of things yeah. between us is never going to be exactly the same. There's no. markers where we're like, okay, this is happening. Yeah. Like, what would my relationship be? But sometimes it'll just be way longer. Sometimes we'll just have to push yeah. something because we're experiencing something at that moment. Mm -hmm. So it's live. Like this is yeah. what it is right now and then. Oh. Well, thank you all very thank much. You. Have a great time at thank Expanse. Okay, uh, welcome back. Uh, we are now in the tent with Kate Stashko. Um, and Kate has uh, just presented the premiere of her full-length Matryoshka series piece. Um, mm -hmm. So welcome, Kate. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, can you tell me a little bit about uh, your process for developing the piece? Because I know it's been in the works for a little while. Yeah, it has been, yeah. So basically the process started in May of, or April of last year uh, with the residency at Mile Zero Dance. Um, so Helen Husak is the choreographer along with me. We kind of worked collaboratively, which is a complicated way of working for sure. Um, but basically we did a lot of improvisation around some of the ideas that we were pulling out from this overarching theme of the Matryoshka dolls, so the idea of them being um, <coughs> nesting and therefore representing infinity and the darkness of that sort of contrasted with 
the femininity of those dolls. And so we were working with themes like that and, and she would improvise, I would improvise, and then she would kind of work to craft whatever we'd come up with in the improvisation into a structure. And the pieces ended up having some parts that are really tightly choreographed, like definitely this move and then this move and then this move, <laughs> and some stuff that's very improvised, like there are these different elements that you need to hit, and you have this much time, <laughs> and here's where you need to end up on stage when you're done. So it's a, it's been a bit of a mishmash of stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah. The the piece has a lot of different sort of phrases or chapters almost yeah. in it. Um, so so what is the progression of those, and and mm -hmm. how um, do you have n like names for them? Right. <laughs> we have many names, that's for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, we have names. But the overall progression, the way that I've been thinking about it, is sort of introducing this slightly mysterious female character and giving a glimpse of the fact that she has some sort of restriction in her life, that there's some way that she's sort of trapped. And then we get to see these other sides of her that are quirky, that are um, angry, that are vulnerable. And then ultimately we're sort of re-reminded at the end of the fact that she's still confined somehow by something that's beyond her own control. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's the arc for me, anyways. Yeah, <laughs> I noticed some movements like they felt sort of suspended, almost like almost like a marionette mm. um, or a puppet. But then there are other parts where there seems to be forces pulling one way or another. And right. Uh, yeah, you can't really tell if they're internal or external, but mm -hmm. there's still something that she's not quite in control of. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think it's a bit of both, and that's I think what I liked as I started learning more about this piece that I realized that has a bit of universal, the universal in there, you know, because it's like, okay, so containment, you could say, okay, it looks like she's inside a doll. Or <laughs> that, that can be such a broad metaphor for the things that, you know, contain us or hold us back or getting in our own way <laughs> in certain instances. So it started to have a little bit wider implication for me as I have been performing it. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, you're paired with another solo piece in mm. the East Meets West program. Um, do you care to sort of contrast them a little bit? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I just saw it for the first time, you know, half an hour ago <laughs> from the wings. Um, but what I will say is that I was actually kind of amazed at some little parallels that are between the two works, which is always so magical when you haven't, he hasn't seen my work and I haven't seen his work. And there just, there were certain movement motifs that, that I recognized and it could feel in my body as like, oh, this is something that I just did and now he's doing it. Um, and I thought it was a nice balance of like, a lot of feminine imagery in my piece and just a very masculine, hard-edged, kind of ragged energy mm -hmm. in his piece. So the, I, I think it's a brilliant program because it has enough similarity between the two works that it seems cohesive somehow, but they also really have these distinct personas. And the fact that it's two solos is just a nice balance mm -hmm. to the program. Too. Yeah, how often do you really get a program that really like is two solos that are just so, yeah, interestingly paired. Um, so the other the other dance is Parts and Labor Dance uh, from Montreal. Yeah. And the performer's name in it? Is David Albert Toth, I think. David Albert it. Toth. Okay. I guess I suppose it's David. David. <laughs> probably saying it wrong. <laughs> He's very tall and long arms and I, yeah, the wingspan, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, we're very opposite physicalities, that's mm -hmm. for sure. <laughs> well, you have a, you have a, you're tall-ish, right? Or I'm not. But you have long arms. I get I told like that I look big arms. on stage, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think you have good <laughs> stretch. You have good, yes, you also have good wingspan. Um, <laughs> in any case, um, is there anything else at the Expanse Festival this year that you're really excited to see or you want to give a plug? 
Oh wow! Yeah. I'm excited to see everything. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not gonna I can't uh, be more definitive th than that. But mm -hmm. I will say that um, I'm really excited about the Alberta Grown program. The four artists, they all have roots in Alberta. Some of them are still living here. Some of them have moved to other places. But I think it's going to be a really eclectic program. We've got Tony Tran who's doing Vogue and house type dance, and then we have <coughs> Krista Posniak who's local artist. Um, doing a piece inspired by her grandmother mm. and Becky Sodden who's performing this very wild imaginative piece by Davida Monk yeah. and then the other piece is Naomi Brand from Vancouver and it has a really interesting sort of audience interaction element I won't say more than that but Great. Yeah. Okay. You don't want to give that away at no, all. No, <laughs> I don't want to. Um, all right. Well, um, and you're also with the Good Women Dance Collective, yes. and you've just given away um, an award for an emerging artist. So last year, mm -hmm. it was Krista. Pasniak. It was Krista. And so the culmination of her award, I guess, is the piece that is being performed at Expand. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So last year, Krista Posniak received that award, and she spent the year developing the solo that's now in the program I was just speaking about. So that's really exciting to see that development. And then, yeah, this year the award award was given to uh, Anastasia Maywood, who's another local hero, um, and she's just so such a stalwart Edmonton dance supporter. You know, she works in the community, she trains regularly, she's at every show. She's just such a such a fighter, you know. And we just felt like this is someone who's really deserving of some, you know, encouragement. When those people are working hard like that, you have to let them know that we see that that effort is being put in. Mm -hmm. So it feels really important to give her the award this year. That's great. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you for talking to us today, Kate. Have a good festival. Yeah. Thanks, you guys. It was great to be on your program. All right. Many thanks to our guests who visited us in the Coat Check today at the Expanse Festival. Tomorrow, Friday, day three at Expanse is a jam-packed day. Hyper is at 7 o'clock. Native Girl Syndrome is at 8.30. East Meets West is at 10. And the contract shows at 11.30. It, you can have a marathon day here at Expanse if you want to on Friday. So come on down and um, see what all of our movers have to offer. Okay, Edmonton? Go watch some dance. This episode of I Don't Get It was recorded as part of the Expanse Festival in a coat check in the ATB Financial Arts Barns in Strathcona County in Edmonton, Alberta, in Canada. It was recorded by Pablinov and Fonda Mithrish and produced by Andrew Paul. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or follow us on Twitter at I Don't Get It Dance. Our theme music is Mountain Time by Ghibli. Check out more music by Ghibli at ghibli.bandcamp.com. Thank you.